Well, praise the wonderful name of Jesus, everyone. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for yet another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to start another series, and this is entitled Set Your House in Order. This would be part number one. You know, my friends, it's time for us to hunger and thirst for His righteousness. And in doing so, He is going to fill us and we'll find that all these worldly desires will simply fade away. Light will conquer darkness and you will see miracles, signs and wonders and finally breakthrough in your own life. I can't wait. Well, we're going to talk about that today and a whole lot more, so stick around. Don't forget to join us on our website 24 hours a day at www.kingdomrock.org. You'll find this message and a whole lot more right there on the website. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, Set Your House in Order, Part 1, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Psalm 92. We're going to read this and then we're going to just pray for a moment. Then we're going to see where the Lord wants to take us uh, from here. When you got Psalm 92, say, I got it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I want to thank once again, thank all of you for being here today. I want to thank um, our media team once again. Uh, praise the Lord. We got a good staff today. Amen. So we thank God for our media team. Amen. We, we thank you for your sacrifice in Jesus mighty name. All of you. Psalm 92, verse, uh, we'll start here at uh, verse number 12. Psalm 92, verse 12. And it says this, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be what? Planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still, rather, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Of course, fat means prosperous, by the way. We really have to talk about that, Lord, if you meant the other. But it does mean prosperous. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. They shall be fat and flourishing uh, to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time, this opportunity that you've given us to gather around your word as one family. Father, we pray that you would speak to us today by your spirit expressly. And Lord, we just acknowledge your spirit. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you. You are the teacher. Jesus said that you would teach us. You would lead us and guide us into all truth and even show us things to come. So we acknowledge you. So Lord, teach the people today. Lord, use his physical form. And I confess before all that it is not in me. The answer is solely in you. Have your way, Father. Use us greatly for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So again, the Lord said here in verse 13, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall what? Flourish in the courts of our God. Now, when he's saying planted in the house of the Lord, he's not saying let's all grow roots and, you know, be firmly rooted in the concrete here. No, he's talking about his presence, right? Those that be planted, firmly rooted in his presence, in his dwelling place, his house. You know where you, li- you live, right? We go to your street, we say, oh, that's your house. 
That's your house. That's where you live. That's where you dwell. That's where all your stuff is, right? All right, so those that be planted where God lives, planted in his presence, where all of his stuff is, all all of his belongings is. Those that be planted in his presence around him, in him and through him, shall flourish in the courts of our God. Flourish in his courts. Flourish in his presence. Don't you want to flourish? Not just to live, not just to remain, but we need to flourish. Now understand the difference. There's a difference between just living. The man that's on life support is living. The machines tell you that he is living, that there is still life in his body. There's a difference between living and flourishing, thriving. Remember, Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it how? More abundantly, more abundantly. So the Lord wants us to live an abundant life, a flourishing life, and even bring forth fruit, even be productive, even in old age. Praise God. In our 90s, our hundreds, even in old age, still productive, still producing fruit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No matter where we are, no matter where life takes us, always productive. There's something good going on. Amen. Amen. So that happens for those that are planted in the house of the Lord. Those that are rooted and grounded in his presence. That is our goal. Not just to exist, not just to make it by, not just to get enough money uh, to meet a budget. But but we want to go over and above and exceed that. Why? Because when you have an overflow, you can truly bless others. When your cup runneth over. When your cup runneth over, you can truly be a blessing to others. Amen? Amen. If the, let's say if, if it's summertime and the road is hot, the, the pavement is hot, and you have one pair of shoes, and there's someone beside you that is, has bare feet, now you can give him one of your shoes and you take the other shoe. You say, here, you take the right shoe, I'll have the left shoe, and we'll tie our middle legs together and we'll just try to walk together down the street. We'll try to walk like that. That way you're not burning and I'm not burning. That'll work for a few steps. But after a while, you can get tired of it and they can get tired of it too. But wouldn't it be a blessing if you had another pair of shoes around your neck and you say, here, I have an overflow. Here's another pair of shoes. You go ahead and you wear those. Oh, and we go down and walk down the road together, right? So even in our prayer life, even when we're asking God for our various needs, never just say, Lord, I need this, that, and that's it. I don't want to ask for anything else. No, don't put a chokehold on God. Allow him to give you abundance so that you can bless somebody else. I guarantee you the needs that that you have in your life, someone else has those exact same needs. Those exact same needs. And they're crying out to God, too. Why don't you allow God to use you as a conduit to meet their needs? Hallelujah. This is why we say the Lord gives seed to the sower. Someone who's already in the process of releasing. Already in the processing of releasing. Someone who is not bound by greed already. If you're bound by greed, your goal is to take and hold. Take as much as you can and hold it. If you're bound by greed, you're going to, when something is free, oh, wow, wow, I'm the first in line to get it. I'm the first in line to get it. Why? So I don't have to pay for it. Oh. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen. 
Now, if there are others, but here again, there's nothing wrong with getting free things. But if you hear free and automatically you want to run to it, we need to see why is that? Is it fear based? Fear meaning I don't think I'm going to have the money to get it. God may not supply it, so I better run and do some things myself. Right. Is it entitlement based? Uh, Well, they owe me, so I'm going to get it from them. All these things have the markings, uh, have the markings of greed. You want to take and hold, take and hold, take and hold. But taking and holding will not get you to the place of overflow. He gives seed to the sower, someone who is already actively sowing, already actively giving and not just in church. Let's take away the church mentality just for a second. It's not just a giving thing in church. Great, I praise God that you give in church. I really, really do. Praise the Lord. The people worldwide, thank God that you're giving. Hallelujah. There's a song that says, thank you for giving to the Lord. For I was the life that was changed. That almost sound pretty good, didn't it? It must be the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you. So it's good that you give. It's good that you give in church. It's good that you give into the kingdom of God. But what about your neighbor? What about the co-worker? What about those that are destitute? We have to give in more than just one place. If you are a giver, you'll find yourself giving everywhere you go. You'll find yourself giving everywhere you go. Something in you goes out to them. Now, if you are a true giver, sometimes you'll also, you'll actually have to restrain yourself at different times and seasons. You'll have to restrain yourself because people are always attracted. Takers are attracted to givers. Let me say that, say that again. Takers are attracted to givers. Moochers are attracted to givers. Abusers are attracted to givers. So you're going to have to always qualify, Lord, I have seed. Do I need to sow this in that field? Do I need to invest this that you've given me, that you've placed me as a steward over? Do I need to invest this in that field? And hear what the Lord says. You have to, going to have to qualify your giving. Tell your neighbor, you're going to have to qualify your giving. I pray you hear what I'm telling you. By the Spirit of God, you're going to have to qualify your giving. What is bread and what is seed? You're going to have to qualify your giving. We're in those times that you're going to have to qualify your giving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just because a man has a bell dressed up as a Santa Claus standing in front of Walmart, that does not necessarily mean that you're going to put some money in there. Hallelujah. Qualifying your giving. Ask the Lord, Lord, do you want me to take your finances? That is, if it is God's. Now, if it is yours, you're going to do what you want to. How about that? See how far it goes. <laughs> but if your finances are covered in the kingdom, our kingdom finances, and you say, God, I am your steward, what I have is yours, then you ask Him where you give His money to. I pray you, if you got my money, if you were an accountant of mine, you better ask me when you sign a check to somebody. <laughs> Are you hearing? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm not sure who that was for. 
But I pray you got it. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, the second chapter. We're going to get right here today. Jeremiah, the second chapter. Won't be very long before you today, but I believe it will be long enough to get you what thus saith the Lord. But I pray that you heard sermon number one. Ask your neighbor, did you hear sermon number one? Praise Jesus. Because in these last days, you'll see many things happening in the economy. And if we have not scheduled our harvest up ahead, then you, then those that have not scheduled their harvest, those that have not practiced the kingdom of God, those that have not um, sought the Lord, will be forced to act just like the natural man, the man that is without Christ. Who wants to do that? I do not. I need the supernatural power of God. I need the Lord to give me favor in the eyes of those, in the eyes of others. Hallelujah. As in the Bible declares in Psalm number one. Um, uh, well, let's get it. Go to Psalm one. Praise the Lord. You know this very well. Psalm number one. Let's get it just for a second. We'll get over to um, Jeremiah 2 in just a second. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor, um, nor sit, standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doeth he meditate day and night. And what happens as a result of that? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water uh, that bringeth forth uh, his fruit in his season, his leaf, uh, also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Verse 4, the ungodly are not so. It is not so. Those that are not covered under God's covering, those that are not rooted in the house of God. Please don't take it for granted that you are being, that you are being blessed and taken care of. And, you know, we can do that. We can we can be unthankful. We take things for granted that your marriage is still together. You take things to, for granted that your children love you and respect you. You take things for granted that your car actually crunk up. You take things for granted. There are many things that we take for granted in this life. Take for granted that we can see. You may have four eyes, but at least you can see. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. At least we can walk. We take a lot of things for granted having a job, having income, take a lot of things for granted. And there are a lot of people that are in worse shape than you are right this very moment that would love to have what you have. God says that, that um, the ungodly are not so. That is, their leaf shall wither. They shall not prosper. There will be a time of drought. And I pray that you hear this even in the economy today and in the coming years. There will be a time of drought. Uh, there will be seasons of drought, seasons of lack. But the Lord said that he will always provide for his people, for those that are planted in his house, planted in his presence, not in the building, but in his presence. Are you understanding? Amen. Praise the Lord. Now let's go to Jeremiah. Praise God Almighty. I'm thanking God that you're getting this. Jeremiah. Now hear the word of the Lord. Because what's happening now in this time, God is setting his house, his people in order. He's setting his people in order. He is removing, or we can say purging the dead things away from our lives that uh, we may continue to grow and continue to thrive and continue to release ourselves in his presence. 
Our main focus as Christians, as born again believers, is to become like Jesus, is to become like him. There really is, there is no other focus other than to become like him. Now, in order to become like him, he will lead us down certain roads or certain paths or give us certain assignments in an effort that we may become like him. Amen. All right. Jeremiah 2. And I want to show you this. And uh, verse, we'll start here, verse number 14, and then we'll go back around because verse 14 really, uh, we can say, is the, is the very crux of the whole thing. God asks a question here in verse 14. Verse 14 out of the King James Version. Now, I'll be reading today if you want to get your Kindles or your iPads out and get those things together. I'll be reading today out of the King James mainly, but then also some out of the uh, uh, New Living Translation. I just love the flavor of some particular verses there in that translation. But um, Jeremiah 2, verse 14 says out of the King James Version, uh, is Israel a servant? Of course, Israel, God's people, the Old Testament church, we can say. And what he said to them is also a word for us today here. Now, pray you with me. Is Israel a servant or that is to say a slave? Is he a home-born slave? Why is he plunder? Now, let me read that same verse to you out of the New Living Translation. It says this. Why has Israel become a slave? Why has he been carried away as plunder? Here's the question. Why? And we're going to look at this today. Why? Why are the people of God in bondage? Why are we slaves? Why are we held down? Why are we captive in so many different areas? Why aren't we flourishing? Why aren't we increasing? Why aren't we producing fruit that will last through the, through the generations? Why is something holding us? I'm not sure how many of you have ever, have ever had maybe had a, a flying dream. Anybody ever had a flying dream before? If you had flying dreams, you just... Flying... Oh, it's a wonderful feeling. It's a wonderful feeling. And, uh, but there are times in, in life when we want to feel that free. We want to feel free and unencumbered. But there are some things that can hold down the soul that can tangle you so that you can't, or sandbag you so that your soul cannot be free to flow, to, to float and to soar, to move in the spirit of God, to move with the spirit. The one of the best things, one of the best lessons I've ever learned is that the Holy Spirit really uh, flows well uh, when we are not uh, restrained or when we are not bound or when we are not grieved. When the soul is light, when we have forgiven, when we have repented and we have no, uh, no unrepentant sin, no secret sin, then the soul can be light to soar with God. But if we're holding things against each other, we're holding things in secret, we're doing things, these things will bind the soul. And when the soul is bound, it really becomes um, a playing ground for the devil. Are you hearing? So the Lord asked the question here, and we'll be looking at this today just very briefly. Why, is, why are my people slaves? Why are they held in bondage? If you look down to verse number Verse number 20, uh, he says, uh, for, uh, I think in the King James, uh, for, oh, 
for of old time I have broken thy yoke and burst thy bands. He said, don't you remember when I freed you? Don't you remember when I delivered you? So the question goes back again, since the Lord freed us and delivered us, why are we back in captivity? Why are we bound? Why are we bound emotionally? Why are we bound mentally? Why are we bound uh, physically? Why are we bound? Why aren't we light to soar on wings as eagles? Are you understanding? So let's begin to answer that question. Let's go back up to verse number one now in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 2. Oh, I feel the Lord today. I'm so grateful for your Holy Spirit. It says in verse number, verse number one, uh, the King James, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem saying, thus saith the Lord, I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thine espousals. Uh, when, when thou wentest after me in the wilderness in a land that was not sown. Verse three, Israel was holiness unto the Lord the first fruits of his increase. All that devour him shall offend. Evil shall come upon them, saith the Lord. Now, let me bring that a little bit closer to you. Uh, of the New Living Translation, listen to how it reads here. Go and announce to, to Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. I remember the unfailing loyalty of your youth, the love you had for me as a bride. Now, King James says espousal, that is someone that, uh, that is a bride that is newly married. And some of you brides, it may have been some years ago, but you remember what it meant to be newly married. <laughs> when, you, when your very thought was to just please your husband. Oh, honey, 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 honey. Oh, honey, yes, I'll pick up your drawers, yes, yes. Yes, yes, honey, I'll fix your favorite food. Oh, yes, honey. He said, I remember how it was when we were first married. I remember. I remember. And even the, even the husband say, I remember singing that song to my wife. I'll pay your rent. I'll cook your dinner too. As soon as I get home from work. Something, 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 something. Oh, baby face song. I give good love. I'll give you my money. See, I mean, uh oh, so I hit somebody there. <laughs> somebody really got hit. Say, oh, yeah, I remember that, Pastor. Why are you trying to tell on me now, Pastor? <laughs> I remember the youth. The Lord said, I remember how it was. I remember how you were with me. I remember how loyal you were in the beginning. He said, I remember how you always tried to please me. He said, I remember how you went after me in the wilderness. And the King James says, uh, to a land that was not sown or, or to a land that was not farmed. What does that mean? To a land where there was no provision, no crops, a desert place, a wilderness place that was unsuitable for planting. He said, I remembered how you followed me out there and you didn't know how your needs were going to be met, but you loved me so much that you even went with me. Amen. He said, 
I remember that. I remember. He said Israel was holiness to me. They were set apart for me. They loved me. But something has happened. And the Lord sends Jeremiah to tell them that um, to tell them basically to repent because they have left the Lord. They have forsaken him. They have departed from him. And here, here we see some of the signs. We won't read the entire um, um, chapter, second chapter of um, Jeremiah, but you, of course, can read it when you get home. But I want to bring you up, bring you just, 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 just some highlights. Can we do that today? Amen. This is how uh, the people of God had departed from him. We're going to see this in verse number eight. Now, what happens in leadership? Verse eight talks about the leadership of the people. But what happens in leadership is only the tip of the iceberg. Understand something. Only the tip of the iceberg. The tip is what you see hanging out the water. But the iceberg below the water is so much bigger and so much and it's, you know, it's vast. So we can often look to even the leadership in this country and say, I can't believe they doing that. I can't believe that Obama. I can't believe that um, whoever else there in that leadership. I can't believe that they would do such a thing. I can't believe they would do it. Understand leadership is only a tip of what's within the nation. You understand? Because if it wasn't crying out in the hearts of the people, they wouldn't be trying to pass the law. You understand? If all of us said, if all of us, if nobody in the country liked eating um, broccoli toast. Okay, a broccoli sandwich. Thank you. If nobody liked eating broccoli sandwiches with hot sauce and mayonnaise with strawberry jam. If we all said corporately, if everybody in the nation said, I don't want to eat, uh, of course the bread must be lightly toasted as well. If the bread, if we all said, I don't like to eat um, toasted, toasted broccoli sandwiches with, um, with strawberry jelly, what we say, mayonnaise and hot sauce, if we don't like to eat that, but why would the government say, all right, we're passing a law that everybody would eat that? Who would stand behind the law? Who would pass the law? Nobody. So it has to be within the hearts of the people. A government by the people and for the people. So it is in the people. So the problem is not to have everybody okay, well, you know, don't eat the sandwiches. No, the, the thing is to get the desire out of the people. That's the problem is in the people. That's why the Lord said, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face. It's in the people. It's in us as a country, as a generation. The sin is within us. So you change the people and you change the nation. It's not always in changing the law or changing the leadership. It's within the people. Hallelujah. And so we see here an example of bad leadership here, but the leadership is a reflection of the people. What happens here in verse number eight? It said the priests said not, where is the Lord? In other words, the priests are no, no, no longer seeking God. They're no longer saying, where is the Lord? Why? Because understand the country at this time was in a drought. Drought. 
But some were saying things were going well because they had found other ways to, to meet their needs. Other ways other than God to meet their needs, to sustain them. They had left the Lord, left him. And you're going to see this. Matter of fact, you can flip over to verse 31. The Lord says here, O generations, ye see the word of the Lord. Have I been a wilderness unto Israel? In other words, haven't I supplied for you, Israel? He said, a, a land of, um, has the Lord been a land of darkness? No. He said, wherefore say my people, ye are lords, rather we are lords. We will come no more unto thee. The people have begun to say we're lords. In other words, we're in charge. We'll do what we want to do. We won't be going back to your house anymore, Lord. We won't be seeking you anymore. We got this. We know how to take care of ourselves. We've got this now. And so the very one that saved them, the very one that broke their bonds, the very one that broke the shackles and chains off of them, now saying, God, we got it. We can handle it ourselves. He broke their bonds. He broke their bonds. And here again, here is, um, there, there was a drought in the land. A drought in the land. We're going to get that in just a second. I want you to see some things first. So the priest in verse number eight said, um, they said, um, where they're not saying, they don't say anymore, where's the Lord? In other words, the priests in the temple are no longer seeking the face of God. Problem. But they are still called priests, but they no longer seek God. And it goes on to say, and they that handled, handled the law knew me not. They had the book, they had the word, but they didn't know him. These were scholars, these were the theologians, these were the uh, Pharisees, the scribes, or, or the Bible teachers. They knew the word, but they did not know God's heart. They didn't know him. You understand? Amen. Here are signs and symbols, or signs, and not only the day of Jeremiah, but today's end time church. Yes, the people, the many in the house have stopped seeking God. They said, I got it. They have Bible knowledge, but they don't know him. Are you hearing? Amen. Let's look up. Oh, and look at the next word. The pastors also transgressed against me. Transgressed means to sin or to revolt, to revolt or to rebel. The pastors have ceased. Now, the pastors are the ones who lead the sheep. Isn't that right? Who lead the congregations. So they still carry the title pastor, but they're no longer leading the congregation in God's way. They have revolted. In other words, they have their own mind. I know what God says, but this is what we are going to do. They're leading God's people astray in time. Are you hearing? We better wake up and see it's the same thing today. And it says, and the prophets prophesied by Baal and walk after things that do not profit. The prophets, those that, were, those that were called or commissioned to speak divine things to God's people. Those that were commissioned to, to hear from God and tell the people what God is saying. He said, you didn't prophesy by me, you prophesied by Baal, that false god, that idol. In other words, the people saw you and heard you say, this is what God is saying. But the Lord said, I didn't say that. They said that. 
That evil spirit said that. He said, I did not tell the people that. Are you understanding? So there is corruption that is there. Now, how did this corruption come? But before we get to that, and uh, go back again, it said, the pastors also have transgressed against me. But let me say this, even before we close out in just a few moments, the Lord has, a, has a, a remedy for the pastors. If you look at Jeremiah 23, go to Jeremiah 23. He has a remedy for the pastors. Isn't that something? Amen. Jeremiah 23 says this, verse 1. Woe be unto the pastures that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Wherefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastures that feed my people. Ye have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doing, saith the Lord. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries, out of Temple, out of Villarica, all those at uh, Douglasville, wherever, all those that are now at home because they've been hurt in church because of the scattering of a pastor. The Lord said, I will gather my people. I'll gather this remnant. He said, I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries, whether I have driven them. And he said, and I rather and will bring them again to their, uh, to their folds. He's going to bring them back together again. And they shall be fruitful and increase. Verse 4 says, And I will set up shepherds over them which shall feed them. Which shall feed them. He said that these shepherds will feed the flock. In other words, the, the, the false pastors, the one that were scattering the sheep, didn't feed them. Now, they may have given them a word, but it was not the heart of God. It's not only the, the word, it's not only the letter. The Bible says the letter killeth, but it is the spirit that gives life. It takes more than just opening up a Bible and reading out of it looking cool. It takes more than that. Are you hearing? You're going to have to hear what thus saith the Lord. Because understand, whenever someone speaks over a pulpit, you hear words, but you'll also hear things that you don't hear. You'll also see things that you don't see. Maybe you'll get that next week. There are sounds being heard that are not audible to the ear, but you're picking them up by your inner man. There are things being seen that you cannot see with these natural eyes, but you begin to discern them by the Spirit. Amen. You know just as good and well, if, let's say if you're going to a, a, to a, a, a car lot or, or someplace, and you know just as good and well if somebody's trying to rip you off, they may be saying the right words. It is not always what you hear, but what you are hearing. It is not always what you see, but what you are seeing. Are you understanding? So every time anyone stands uh, uh, behind a pulpit or maybe even at a doctor's office, hey, I want you to, I'm going to give you a prescription to take, um, well, I got to meet my quota this month. So I'm going to give you a prescription. Yes. Uh, you're going to take all of this. Yes. You go ahead and you take this because, you know, the doctor says, well, you know, I have to meet my quota because I'm getting kickbacks because of the amount of prescriptions that I write. So you just take it. <laughs> Can't get a lot of talk in there. Can't get a lot of talk. 
praise the Lord, can't get a lot of talk. Many times it's a money-making racket scheme. Pharmaceutical representatives go and say, if you push my product, you'll get an extra sum. It's not always the doctor's best interest because he just wants to heal you. He's got needs. Praise Jesus. So the Lord said, I will set up shepherds over them which shall feed them. And they shall uh, fear no more. Oh, look at that. So under the bad shepherds, under the bad pastors, there was a lot of fear. They shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. They were worried, fear, worry. Neither shall they be lacking. Lacking what? Obviously the feeding, obviously the word of God. Uh, Not only the word of God, but the spirit of God, the anointing, the presence of the Lord. They were lacking so much. Understanding? Now, we're not just saying, please don't look at lacking. Think of always in terms of money. That's why I don't have no money, because we, I'm not serving under the right kind of pastor. That's why I don't have no money. That's why I need to go find me another church. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. No, money is not always a sign that you're in the will of God. There are a whole lot of rock stars. There are a whole lot of people out there that got money. Are you telling me because they got money, that means that God is with them? (laughs) There are a whole lot of people that have large crowds. There are people in the millions. There are people that hold their cell phones up in, in dark rooms and wave them and wave them and wave them. Does that mean, oh, they got a lot of people? Then God must be there. Numbers of people and money are not an indication that God is with them. As a matter of fact, Jeremiah, the Lord said to him, he said, I have set you. As a matter of fact, let's look at uh, Jeremiah 1 verse 18 as we begin to close out. Pastor, you like Waffle House. You never close. (laughs) Well, we're going to close in just a moment. Praise the Lord. As a matter of fact, you see this in Jeremiah 1 verse 18. The Lord says, For behold, I have made thee, made you this day a defensed city and an iron pillar uh, and brazen walls against the whole land. One man against the whole land. He said against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof and against the people of the land. One man right and everybody else was wrong. God bless Jeremiah. Are you understanding? He said, and verse 19, and they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee. For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver you, to deliver thee. You, God, plus you, equals the majority. Are you hearing? God bless you equals the majority. Always equals the majority. Praise the Lord. Always equals the majority. So this is a very good indication here, and this is a very good place to start uh, here today. Very good place to start. And we're going to take this up, Lord willing, a couple of weeks from now. And we're going to tackle that question once again. Why aren't they prospering? Why aren't they slaves? Is Israel a slave? Is Israel bound? God said, Don't you remember? I broke all of that off of you. 
I broke that off of you. Then why are they still in bondage? We saw a few things about the priest no longer seeking. Those that handle the law did not know the Lord, did not have a relationship. And don't you know that there are some in ministry that get into ministry as a career profession, as a profession? Did not have a call of God, but they got in it because, hey, you can ask them anniversaries. <laughs> and people will give you money. Surely that's enough. Surely that's enough to give your whole life. Surely that's enough. Get some money, get a lot of applause, applause, get people to clap for you, get people to pat you on the back. Surely that's enough. So I want to be in that profession. But don't you know if you're not called, it'll chew you up and spit you out? Are you hearing what I'm saying? I would gladly give back all the rest if God just give me peace sometimes. All that is not worth it. Let me tell you now, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Are you hearing? I'm grateful for times of appreciation. Thank God. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I'm grateful. But whatever it is, it's not worth the pain, the torment, the torture that I often have to go through. Are you understanding? I'm not here for money. I'm here because of Jesus. Because he's called me to it. Are so you understanding? Uh, I'm not one that will take off what one man said. I think James and I were talking about it on one of the TV shows. One of the pastors said, you know, I'm a pastor during the day, but at night I'm just a man. What kind of filth is that? <laughs> National television. I'm a pastor during the day, but at, at night I'm a man. Exactly. Excuse me. No, no, no. I'm a 24-7 man of God, period. Pastoring is not what I do. It is who I am. Are you hearing? Praise the Lord. Well, I pray you receive the word of God today. I think we'll stop right there today. In Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10 Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.